Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, April the 9th. We are a group of fans, artists, creators, and critics from the Midwest talking entertainment and pop culture, taking your comments and whatever. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me today, I've got... We didn't discuss Curtis. it. Curtis. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Curtis and Kato joining me tonight. I want to thank both of them for being here. What's that? The two of us have got it down, so... <laughs> it's not hard, yeah, <laughs> but, you know... I'm so used to us fumbling it. I, I always kind of like, ah, oh, shit, we didn't do it again, but we're good. Uh, I want to thank again. I want to thank you guys for being here, and I want to thank everyone for listening wherever and whenever you're catching the podcast. We've got some fun stuff planned tonight. Uh, each of us are going to reboot a TV show. I don't know who gave us that power and authority, uh, but by God, we've got it, so we're going to run with it. We're going to each reboot a television series, and we're going to tell you how we're breaking it down. We get to cast it and everything. Uh, plus, we got all that's new and newsworthy and entertaining and pop culture this week's new pop quiz and a whole bunch more but before we get to all that how is everybody doing what's everybody been up to in the past uh week or so since we were all on because we were all on last week um anybody said or done or watched or read or played or anything exciting going on i know curtis mm-hmm. you're probably getting like sato busy aren't you pretty good we're getting there that's why i have to pop off at 8 30 tonight so yeah, Sato, um, going through ideas. Um, I was going to watch Godzilla versus Kong today, but that didn't happen. So uh, hopefully, hopefully tomorrow. I'm, I'm kind of getting more and more excited about it because I keep getting word of mouth that it's pretty entertaining. So. It <laughs> yeah, I like it. You haven't caught, uh, did you catch, did you catch last week's creep show? Did you ever get a chance to go back and watch it? Oh shit! No, I'm going to take that as a no. no. All right. <laughs> no, today's no, today's I'll was not today's was not as good, but it was still, it was entertaining, but it wasn't as good as that first one. That first one's going to be hard okay, to beat. I'll, I'll, I'll watch that too. I'll throw that on the watch list for tomorrow. Absolutely. How about you, Kenny? What you been up to? Well, as far as watching stuff, I've been kind of uh, winding down Winona Earp. The last season is down to its last two episodes. So uh, last week was the one of them, and. Uh, just watching my normal stuff like the flash, you know, I, I thought it was a pretty good, the past like couple of episodes have been kind of, eh, but this episode's kind of, it was better. So I'm hoping that's a trend for it. And <laughs> outside of that, I've kind of, you know, just out in my real world, I just kind of been like hitting some flea markets and stuff like that. Trying to, uh, I want to start doing some custom stuff and that's all the way from like furniture down to he-man toys you know i'm just trying to i want to get some stuff put out there and have a little fun be a little artistic you know do all that kind of stuff so that's what i've been doing what you've been up to oh <laughs> i bet i've got a bum knee so not much the, uh, the only thing i've really done is uh kenny and i took a uh took a day-long drive last saturday yeah i've been now i've been working on the the studio which is my garage uh but we uh yeah we uh are turning it into a place where we can kind of hang out as we get back together in person um everybody that's part of this you know in-person crew will have or will be receiving their final doses of their 
COVID shots in the next uh, couple days. So uh, looking forward to when we all get together. But yeah, we uh, I wanted to get some of these arcade one-up video game cabinets that they've made. So I had a guy that was selling one that I was looking for that you can't find anymore. It's not in stores or anything. And most of them, if you try to buy them from people, especially new, they're uh, they're asking a lot, like two and three times what they were worth retail because they're not made anymore. Oh. This guy, this guy was just asking retail for it, and I mean, it looks brand new. And plus, I didn't have to put it together, <laughs> so we borrowed the uh, borrowed my in laws farm truck and drove four hours out, loaded it up, drove four hours back, and uh, I saw was, a lot of crazy shit. <laughs> we we did. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> between here and the uh, the boot heel of Missouri. <laughs> yeah we we saw we saw like tiny little drive-in theaters that looks like you could put what maybe 15 cars in there or something yep. like that yeah, yeah and just in the middle of nowhere like but, trees theater <laughs> yeah like down county roads that are barely paved and oh uh, shit and then all of course all the people's uh you know, flying the old stars and bars left and right down through there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't see that 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 sort of uh, frequency or uh, density back home. Uh, so yeah. Nope. So so we didn't stop unless we absolutely had to. Yep. <laughs> and that's from two white guys. We didn't stop unless we had to. So it was a little sketchy at times, but it was fun. We uh, you get a lot of time to chit chat when you got eight hours in the car. So I think we uh. Oh, yeah, we- we booked like the next year and a half of uh, wrestling uh, across all companies for everybody. <laughs> and then what else? Oh, we just did a bunch of shit, a lot of talking, oh, having yeah. fun. We <laughs> solved all the world's problems in eight hours. So it was a good time. Yes, we did. We're productive <laughs> when we go on these trips. On road trips, we do solve a lot of problems. And then it's like the minute you put it in park when you're back in the driveway, it's like all that shit, you just forget about it. It's like you can uh, have the have cure for cancer. <laughs> You've got to start recording these. I know. It was like we could have the cure for cancer, and then you put it in park. It's like, well, forgot all that shit. Back to the grind. See, we, could, we could have filled in some podcasts with just us bullshit and all the way to put out I think that's an how hour the, and a half of it. I think that's how this whole idea got started. It was long that's road trips. most podcasts get started. <laughs> yeah, long, long road trips of, you know, we should just record this. But, you know, in all seriousness, we might think about doing something like that when we if we go down to Arkansas. Yeah. To that one. I mean, that'd be a long time for us to all sit there and I had a, nothing I had, to talk about. <laughs> I had ideas that popped in my head for like a podcast you can do in Arkansas, but they weren't good. So. <laughs> <laughs> you would you wouldn't be allowed back in Arkansas. <laughs> what you're saying. Oh shit. Uh I did have one thing that I did do this yeah. last week. Uh for Easter, I rewatched Life of Brian. And I got inspired to do some photoshopping, and I photoshopped something. I'll send it to the group here in a little bit. Okay, so. <laughs> we'll decide whether or not to put it on on social media. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to it. Let's take a look at our top three stories in entertainment and pop culture from this past week, starting at number three: an incredibly rare copy of the original Super Mario Brothers Nintendo Entertainment System cartridge sold for $660,000 at auction, breaking the previous record and becoming the highest-selling video game in history. The game itself was still sealed in its original plastic wrapping. Who the fuck bought Super Mario Brothers and didn't open it? And didn't open it? 
But, but, I was going to say, if, if, if it was open, I was like, I think we've got this somewhere in yeah, storage. We've got to crack of, that fucker out. There's a lot of people that have a copy of it. Mine's even been blown out the inside of it, so you know, multiple times. So you know it's clean. You've been blowing inside. yours for a while. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what? They say that doesn't work, but it worked every time. I know. It did. <laughs> the, the game itself was sealed in its original plastic wrapping and was in extremely good shape. The copy was labeled as being an A+. And was scored a nine point six out of ten by the group that does the uh, the collectibles wow. grading. Prior to the sale, no other video game had ever sold for more than two hundred thousand dollars at auction. Uh, so six hundred and sixty thousand dollars is uh, quite a bit more than second place. Um, so, so do you think the person's gonna <laughs> they're gonna open it up, <laughs> open it up, throw it? No, it's going in a safety deposit box in a bank somewhere. Boo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you got that shit, at least display it somewhere. But no, that, if you're paying that much money for a, an unopened video game, I'm guessing it's it's either that or it's like in a vault behind bulletproof glass or some shit with God knows yeah, what other collectibles. Fireproof. Yeah. All yeah, that man. proof. <laughs> you know, you got to think if someone's like a multi-million, like hundreds of millions of dollars or even, you know, a couple billion or something. I could see them being like, I want to be the first person to open this. So they bought it just so they could have that thrill of being the first, you know, or something. So, I don't know. Maybe they buy an old game system that hasn't been opened too. Then they get to do it all. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's like, it's like 1985 all over again. Exactly. If you found one of those, though, somebody was like, Hey, look, it's an unopened super Mario brothers. Would you open it up and play it? No, I, you wouldn't. You'd leave it closed and be like, "Fuck it." I mean, <laughs> I'd, go, it. I'd go. I'd buy it, and then I'd go find one that is open and play that one, and still keep your closed one. Yeah, that's probably what most yeah, people would do. I mean, because in all reality, you could just you know sell it for you know let's just say on the low side two to three hundred thousand, and then just go buy a used copy and play that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you you could get yeah. I'm sure Dustin over at Vintage Stock would hook you up with a used. Uh, both a used Nintendo and a used copy of the game. If you if you asked him politely, oh, yeah. I'm sure. Then you still have over two hundred thousand dollars left. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You could. It's a nice fat tip for uh, for our buddies over at Vintage Shop for doing the hunting for you us. You said you said tip, tip, tip. Huge My fat one. juicy tip. At My number two, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no! My like, I wouldn't find something good like that. It'd be like you know tennis or <laughs> right. something. And I found it. Everybody's like, I don't, I don't care if it's unopened or not. I don't want that. Nintendo <laughs> soccer, yeah, some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> At number two, Sony and Netflix have reached a deal today oh. that gives Netflix exclusive streaming rights to Sony films after they leave theaters. It's an eighteen-month exclusive window. It begins in January of 2022. The first Sony movie to release under this new deal will be Morbius, which is releasing in January of 2022. Which okay. you know, you know, they put that movie in January. It was it had been it been bounced around from like Augusts and Septembers, which is never a good thing anyway. But now they've landed it in January. I'm thinking they they don't have a lot of confidence in that movie. Um, anyhow. 
Beginning with Morbius in January of 2022. So after Morbius leaves theaters, um, then, you know, it goes to home video, Blu-ray and DVD and Sony. uh, All their films will be streaming over on Netflix. That would also, for the length of this deal, would include any Spider-Man films released in theaters beginning in 2022. Uh, Currently, Spider-Man No Way Home is not included because it's scheduled for a December 2021 release. But if that moves then it could be included in this. So you're talking uh, everything out of the whole Spider-Verse stuff that they're doing, including Into the Spider-Verse 2. Uh, Morbius, Venom, which I think Venom 2 is scheduled for this summer, so that's not on the table, but anything down the road. Um, again, prior to this Netflix deal, Sony movies went instantly to stars for their exclusive streaming. Um, this will certainly give them a bigger audience. I think Netflix probably is in more homes than stars is at this point, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. After the Spider-Man movie, this is the last one I believe that Tom Holland is under contract for, the last of the Marvel Sony collaborations. So we'll see what they decide to do if this makes any impact on uh, what what Marvel and Sony do working together on Spider-Man films going forward. We'll find out. Well, uh, it'll be if they do any more Spider-Man films after Tom Holland bows out. That's going to be a rough one cuz he's been my favorite Spider-Man. He's been so, pretty damn good. And, and those those movies have been great too. Yeah. 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 The, so I mean, I don't know how much of that is better writing in these movies as opposed to the other ones, or if it's the actors, or I don't know. I just he's been my favorite. I, it it doesn't hurt that it's all connected. <laughs> it, it doesn't hurt that it's not part of its own standalone doing its own thing. It's nice that right. it, it plays with the rest of it too. So but you know, yeah. Chris Hemsworth was off, you know, his contract ended and then he decided to keep going. So we're getting another Thor movie. So just because Tom Holland's contract ends with this next film doesn't mean he'll be stepping away right away. We'll see. Although he's been doing a lot of other shit. I think as long as he keeps doing these little projects that he wants to do, uh, they'll probably be more than happy to work with him and say, sure, take all the time you need, but we're getting you back for Spider-Man because these things are making us a ton of money. Because like, you know it makes us a billion dollars plus, so yeah, we, we'd like to have you back. If, if probably you don't mind. likes the paychecks. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, uh, yeah. You know that's that's the way to do it, though. I mean, do a big franchise, get your money that way, and then go chase your you know your smaller yeah. artsier, do, more personal do what stories. Chris Evans does. You know, Chris Evans will do Captain America, and then you know he went and did Snowpiercer and a few other projects like that. Yep. Yeah. And uh, what's at, he doing? Um, I don't know. Posing on the internet for social media pictures. <laughs> At number one, we talked about it, touched on it briefly because Curtis still hasn't seen it. Uh, with Godzilla versus Kong, movie theaters in the U.S. are back in business. The film made eleven million dollars its opening night in North America, thirty-two million over the three-day or the time the. Yeah, the three-day weekend counting, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And because it opened on a Wednesday, the five-day opening was just shy of $50 million. It's made more than $200 million globally. That is far and away the biggest opening of the pandemic. Um, it puts the movie on pace to out-earn the previous entry in the MonsterVerse, which was Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which was absolutely fucking terrible. Um, this <laughs> this comes at the same time that the movie was released on the very same day on HBO Max. Um, it created the third biggest week for new subscribers for HBO Max. So it's not just 
I mean, we, we all wondered well, what's this going to do. We're during a pandemic. Um, it's on HBO Max the same day. You can stay home. You don't have to go out and, and watch it. Uh, but people did both. <laughs> some people stayed home and watched it on HBO Max. Some went out in the theater. Some people probably did both. They probably went and saw it in the theater and then came home and watched it with friends and family on HBO Max. Um, so it is the first hit, I guess you could call it, of the, the pandemic era. In that same vein, kind of 1A and 1B with the number one stories, um, the numbers are in. And according to Variety, the Snyder Cut had fewer viewers in its first week of release than Godzilla vs. Kong, which was huge. Um, Wonder Woman 84 had a bigger you know, first week. Um, it, it also held the record during the pandemic prior to Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong. Um, also Judas and the black Messiah, which is like an Oscar bait film had a bigger first week than the Snyder cut. In fact, all of those movies, which debuted both in theaters and on HBO max, all outperformed Zack Snyder's justice league, which is only available on HBO max. It did, however, beat out Tom and Jerry, the hybrid animated live action. So there's there's that. I guess they can say they outperformed Tom and Jerry. Um, but yeah, the Snyder yeah, Snyder well. cut not not the uh, not the big not 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 heavily watched. And I know there's a lot of there was a lot of chatter on social media. It was the buzz, um, but the buzz did not result in people actually sitting through that thing. And I think I saw somewhere like sixty something, almost seventy percent of people haven't watched the entire four hours of it. Like seventy percent of the people that have watched it only have not finished it i guess um yeah so for all the bluster and blowing and masturbating and all that this thing has been um for zach and the cult on social media um it hasn't done the numbers i don't know if it was worth the 70 million dollars they paid to to have this thing put together yeah i don't think so not with the what's already beginning or beginning to be scrapped because of the funds not being there. I, I would have been content with going, okay, well, that was, we already saw the two hour version. So let's see what else you can make. You know, yeah. you have other, other artists, other directors and stuff, create their thing. Now give them a chance, you know? Yeah. But unfortunately we probably won't get to see it at least not for a while. Yeah. Well, I think the next thing we'll get to this Batman thing with Robert Pattinson. We'll see how that goes. Those are your top three stories. What other stories you guys been watching this week? I know there's been more stuff going on out there than that. Uh, Curtis, how about you? What have you been keeping an eye on this week? Uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 creator Joel Hodson wants to make more MST. Uh, and he's not waiting for a network or a streaming provider to pick up the series. Because Yeah, basically, last time he did that, um, I uh, was one of the kickstarter uh backers and yeah they got on got on uh netflix for at least a couple of years and then netflix like they usually do tends to shit hands thing shit can things um he's taken to uh kickstarter again but he he is only asking for a two million this time to create at least three new episodes and uh, more importantly it will create a Gizmoplex, a virtual online theater that will feature frequent live screenings, premieres, and community events. Even fan-hosted MST3K watch parties with friends whenever you want. 
things grow way more ambitious in the stretch goals. At the highest goal of $5.5 million, the series pledges 12, full, 12 new full-sized episodes as well as 12 additional shorts. Hodgson teases uh, bigger ideas should the fans' response go over the top, including uh, Mystery Science Theater first-ever 3D movie as well as bringing virtual reality to the Gizmoplex viewing experience. So... Now, hey, the, you know, I'm that, always up for more mystery that, science theater. That first Kickstarter uh, like broke Kickstarter, right? It like broke all the records and like made more yeah. than six million dollars, and it, it got up there. Yeah, yeah. So, and if they're if they're wanting the money for not just new episodes, but to build their own platform, which is what it sounds like, like they're like we're just going to have our own platform, our own service, our own place for to do this shit from now on then you know yeah you so you give them two million for three episodes but then it was five and a half million for 12 episodes so obviously the biggest chunk of money after you pay pay, pay, after you pay kickstarter is to build this platform so future installments can be considerably cheaper because you're not paying for whatever the gizmoplex is which makes me wonder why they didn't do that to begin with with the first go around because that's kind of what the guys from Rift Tracks did. They sort of built their own website and they provide their content directly to the fans. They don't have a streaming service or right. any, or like a anything they have to go to. So I think that the whole the the whole pandemic shutdown and every streaming platform coming up with their own watch party service and stuff was probably the thing that not only made it like a good idea, but proved it. Okay. You can actually do this. You can build this thing. There's other things like this that are already built. You can just kind of replicate those. So I think it probably took the, the aha moment was probably the pandemic and watching this shit and being like, Oh, we can actually do this now ourselves. And it really doesn't cost as much, all that much money. We can do it for, you know, a couple million dollars. Have you heard of Squarespace? <laughs> Build our website for us. <laughs> there you go. Get you, get you a Webly. Oh, uh, shit. How about you, Kenny? What have you been watching? Um, a story just recently come up that I've kind of off and on throughout the years. You you hear about one coming up for sale and selling really good. Um, it's the 1938 copy of the Action Comics number one. It's the first time you get to see Superman, you know, and um, kind of started off the whole, you know, superhero thing as we know it. You know, it, it launched that and it sold for uh 3.2 million or 3.25 million dollars sorry and that's important to say because um back in 2014 uh a copy sold for 3.2 so it just barely etched it out and uh the guy who was the seller of it uh he had bought it back in 2018 and uh think he paid like right at two million dollars for it so he made a little bit of profit. As uh, there's of those comics, uh, they think that there's roughly around a hundred left in the world, varying from fallen to pieces to really nice ones. And he actually had one of the better kept ones. Um, he uh, figured, I guess it's time to, you know, get it out Cash there, and get it sold. Yep. I remember uh, it, it's something that 
like a lot of these comic books that I hear I've never seen because I never was a comic book guy, but this particular one I did get this, not the one the guy sold, but the action, action comics number one. A uh, friend of mine's dad, he collected comic books. And when I, I remember being little, like little, little, so probably late 70s, early 80s, he was showing us and uh, he had that. He had the, uh, was a detective, whatever, detective Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had that one, then like a lot of first appearances. And of course, being young, I was like, okay, you know, that's cool. I didn't know nothing, but I like to think that he held on to them and, you know, being a little kid, I don't remember what kind of shape they were in, but right. uh, I like to think that he held on to them and was able to unload them for a nice price. So. But it, it's kind of neat to know that I actually held a copy of that, probably one of the last 100, 200 that were left in the world. So that's pretty yeah. fun. That's cool. The Those story kind of hit me when I saw it. Yeah, absolutely. The, the numbers, it always feels like we always think there, I guess maybe it's not everybody, but for me, it's like, I always think they're worth a shitload more than that. And then you hear a number, you're like 3.2 million. I'm like, well, that feels low. You're like, it's the biggest ever. You're like, okay, well clearly it's not. <laughs> so kind of yeah. like with the, the Nintendo game, you know, the super Mario brothers game, it's like, you know, 600,000. It's like, that feels low, but then it's like more than three times what the next, you know, highest video games ever sold for. So I don't know. It's, it's weird how we, place of value on those things in our heads just based off of oh well that's got to be worth you know x amount of dollars and we really don't have any fucking idea what we're talking about yeah it'd be pretty i remember you know when the one that uh probably his that sold for the that he Mm -hmm. bought for two million and i i remember thinking holy crap that's crazy and i remember like this uh the first spider-man one i think sold for a million and that was back in what the late nineties or something or sometime in the nineties, I think. But, um, I was just, I always like to think, I try to imagine being there and like seeing the bidding go and just, there has to, there had to be like, no way that really. Okay. Yeah. You know, 800,000. No, no. 850,000, 900,000. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, When you get to those, those record breakers, you're like, fuck how high is this going to go? You know, I like to think the person selling it was just some person that, you know, maybe it was their dads or grandpas or something. And they got passed down. They're like, Oh, great. Thanks for this comic book. Wonderful. <laughs> and it ends up selling for, you know, $2 million, $3 million. Just, it'd be crazy. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> So that's uh, be good to old people is what you're saying. <laughs> the, the moral of the right. story. You never know what their shit will be worth down the road. <laughs> exactly. And in other news, here's somebody that's not being good to people. Here's an asshole involved in this story. It comes to us from outside Atlanta, Georgia. A Georgia man said that his former employer owed him $915 after he quit his job way back in November. Uh, but, but Andreas Flatten, uh, said that he was shocked when he finally got his final payment, $90,000 or I'm sorry, 90,000 oil or grease covered some kind of nasty shit on him pennies at the end of his driveway earlier this month. News outlets reported atop the pile was an envelope with his final pay stub and a, uh, explicit message from his former employer, basically telling him to fuck off. (laughs) 
Uh, quoted flattened, this is a childish thing to do. He said he left his job at Peachtree City's AOK Walker Auto Works back in November. He said he was owed the final check and had difficulty getting it, even turning to the Georgia Department of Labor for help in getting his last paycheck. In mid-March, Flatten said he left his house with his girlfriend. He noticed a pile at the end of his driveway. He said the pennies were covered with some sort of oily substance. God knows what it is if he came out of an auto shop. Uh, now, <laughs> he said his nightly routine now, since then, has consisted of cleaning the pennies off so that he can turn around and cash them in. He said it takes him about an hour and a half to clean off several hundred pennies. Um, 100 pennies is a dollar. So, so if it's yeah. taking him a few hours to clean off several hundred and he's got to get through 90,000 of them, he's going to be at it for a while. Uh, he says, I think that's going to be a lot of work for money that I've already worked for, he said. It's definitely not fair at all. The owner of the shop, the dickhead in question, Miles Walker, spoke with WGCL-TV briefly stating he didn't know if he did or didn't drop the pennies off of Flatten's house. He said, quote, I don't really remember. Uh, it doesn't matter. He got paid. That's all that matters. Walker then went on record calling Flatten a, quote, weenie. So so big guy here, big man in charge of this. Flatten's girlfriend, Olivia Oxley, says she hopes her... She hopes her boyfriend's story sheds light on how people are treated like shit by their employers, basically. Um, she said the pair have stopped being angry and are looking at the petty act in a positive light. With that many pan- with that many panties, with that many pennies, uh, we are bed- or panties, we are bound to find a few treasures. I've already found one from 1937, she says. The, after the first shovelful, all we could do was laugh because this poor, miserable man took so much time to be vindictive and cruel. We absolutely refused to let him ruin a single moment of ours. So that's nice. They're at least putting a spin on it as they try to clean off all those fucking pennies. Well, they got some help. When the yeah. Bellevue, Washington-based coin star heard about the predicament, they picked up the coins last Thursday and rounded the mound up to give him just a flat $1,000 paycheck. They also made donations to two charities of his choosing, two animal shelters in the uh, Atlanta area. Coinstar has been in the coin business for 30 years, and we process approximately 41 billion coins annually. So picking up 91,000 pennies was all in a day's work, says Coinstar CEO Jim Garrity in a statement. What kind of a fucking asshole do you have to be to not only not pay the guy for you know five months in a pandemic, uh, but when you do... To, to go to, I'm assuming, go to the bank, get 90,000 fucking pennies, get them all <laughs> nastied up in your shop, and then drop them off at the guy's fucking house. That, what an ass. What a, what a complete shitty human being. Well, I, I yeah. know because even if you're kind of upset with somebody, like in his eyes, he's probably like, yeah, they got the you know state involved and blah, blah, right. blah, this, that. But, you know, at a, at a certain point, like, okay, you go to the bank and you're like, I need $900 worth of pennies. While you're waiting for that to happen. Because <laughs> they don't just you, open you know, the drawer and just hand you 90,000 pennies. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, you know, so you maybe had to go to several different banks or they're like, come back in a few days. We'll have this here, blah, blah. But, you know, you got to figure, okay, there's a cooling down period at that point. But let's say there's not. And now you go and you you dunk them in oil or whatever he did to get them the oil stuff on there. You have to get the oil. 
you have to figure out how you're going to do it, how you're going to get them out. Are you straining and the oil, the excess goes out? Blah, blah. So there's this cooling down period of that. <laughs> so at that point, any sensible human being be like, you know what? This is too much. I, I'm not. I'm not doing this, you know. But no, he makes the trip over there and pours them all out, writes a note, and leaves. I mean, holy cow! Who is this person? Uh, I can tell you, he's he's that, Miles uh, Walker of AOK Walker <laughs> Auto Works. Do you think he's, he's the type of asshole that like he he took out the amount of money it took it cost for the oil that he used? Also, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he sounds like the kind of asshole that would. Uh, <laughs> Keep now, see, I would, I would like to see it be like, okay, let's say it was motor oil. There has got to be an EPA charge against for that's because I mean he's dumping oil, so he would have to pay, make him pay to clean it up, give him the fine, you know, make sure he understands that his little pettiness is going to cost him quite a bit of money. Yeah, time. He's already. I mean. Yeah, like you said, there's time involved. There's cost involved. This guy is just, he's spending more money and effort being a dick than if he just cut the guy the check and paid him for the work that he had done and just gave him what he owed him. And and that would just simply be like, okay, here's your money. Now get the fuck out of my life. Yeah. And it, it, it could be that easy. And then you're like, good, I don't have to deal with the guy. But if he was just planning on not paying him and drawing it out, that's one thing. But he went and got the money. Yeah, eventually. So he paid him. Well, now he's all over the fucking internet. I'm sure that uh, he's a local. I'm sure locally he's known. Uh, I'm sure that. Uh, it will either have an impact on his business negatively or it'll be a joke for the good old boys that, that come in and continue to, to go to his shop. But uh, yeah. what a dick. In any case, what a dick. <laughs> well, every week we ask you to tell us what you think are the top stories in entertainment pop culture. If we use your suggestions, we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode. Send us your suggestions on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. Links to all that and more at popgoestheculture.com. Last week's pop quiz, we asked you, what is your favorite movie in this monster verse, the cinematic uh, kaiju universe they're building around Godzilla and Kong? We asked what your favorite of the four has been so far. Here are the results tied for third place with 9% of the votes each were Godzilla from back in 2014 and Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, that piece of dog shit should have been number four but it was number three it tied for third somehow in second place uh which feels right with 36 percent of the votes was kong skull island uh which was a blast it was a fun film and then in first place i don't know if it's really in first place because it's the best or if it's the one that uh recency bias it's on everybody's mind they just saw it and they really enjoyed it so they voted for it um but whatever the case is in first place with 46 percent of the votes was godzilla versus kong thanks everybody who voted in the pop quiz this week we're gonna have another pop quiz for you just a little bit later on in the show but first we're gonna take a quick break uh coming up (laughs) we've got the power i feel like he-man um, I should be have like, you know, fucking filmation <laughs> colors shit going on back here behind me. As I say, uh, <laughs> we are rebooting and fantasy casting a television series. Each of us is. And then we're also going to take a look at what's coming up in the next week in entertainment and pop culture. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back right after this. 
Hello friends, my name is Jason A. Meiske. I'm a thriller author and the host of the Sample Chapter Podcast. I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I introduce you to authors from all over the world. Together we have a nice little chat before the guest author reads a sample chapter from one of their books. There's been sci-fi, westerns, romance, horror, thrillers, and even the weird. There's names you don't know, and for sure, several that you do. And with over 100 episodes so far, you're sure to find a new favorite book. So come on over and join us every Tuesday on the Sample Chapter Podcast. All right. Let's get into it, guys. We are fantasy casting. We're rebooting and fantasy casting a television series. Each of us is. We have not collaborated. We have not discussed this. We may have all picked the exact same series. We may all have something different. Um, even if we all picked the same series, I'm guessing we didn't all cast them the same way. Um, so here's the way it's going to go. You're going to tell us when it's your turn. You're going to tell us what series is that you want to reboot. Um, let us know if there's any sort of twist, anything that makes this different. I'm, if you change, if it's just simply the timing is different because it, you know, the series ended whenever, and now it's a different day and age. Um, if you're a different setting, any, any kind of twist, any kind of updates that you're making to the series. Um, and then tell us who your main characters are. Tell us who was in those roles before and who you're casting in those roles now. Plus any other, um, anything else you think that, that makes yours stand above and apart from, from the rest of the reboots that are getting kicked around Hollywood. Um, this section of the show is free for those who are in Hollywood with the authority to make these decisions happen. Um, however, if you actually use any of these, uh, we do need at the very least executive producer credits uh, on any of these ideas that get greenlit in Hollywood. So that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. I need to update my IMDB page after this episode. All right. <laughs> so who wants to go first? Who's got a series that they are ready to reboot? Well, you're pretty sure you've got the bangers. So I've got the go I've got last. the hot one. Okay, I'll go last this yeah. time. So, who wants to go first? That's the the tough question. I, I'll let Kenny go first. I gotta. I'll, I'm still gonna be here, but I gotta do something real quick. No problem. Go All ahead. Right. All right, Kenny, you got the yeah. lead. What's the show? Well, I guarantee no one would. Have, no one, even if we had the full crew here tonight, would have picked mine. BJ and um, the Bear. Yes, no, I actually <laughs> did like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, flipper, I really did like that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, I went with a uh, TV sitcom from 1978 that I loved it, and I still watch reruns of it uh, to this day. Uh, Taxi. And, nice. um, I would, because of my casting, I would probably take it out of New York and put it in Chicago because I feel like my actors are more Chicago. Right. And of course that's where I'm from. So I would, you know, if I was able to contribute and be, uh, whatever, then, you know, I'd like to shoot there and go home and see some stuff, but, uh, <laughs> right. But for, um, I, I think I would have them um, kind of deal with modern stuff because I got a lot of comedians in here. So I want, you know, just deal with modern problems and just goofy stuff that comes up and do it funny and do it sensible. You know, I don't want no 
no meanness, no nothing. I want to keep right. it light, but you know, still dress, have fun with it. So uh, a lot of people probably listening don't even know who was in this or nothing, but it was our first introduction to a lot of people that, you know, went big and a lot of people do know to this day for various reasons. So I'll start off with um, my, uh, we'll start off with Danny DeVito who played uh, Louis De Palma. Um, <laughs> Just going to recast I, I, him I, as an older version of Louis De Palma. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I would actually like to recast him with uh, the comedian Brad Williams, the little person. <laughs> so so you're going to keep it keep it uh, under five feet is what you're going yes, with. Yes, I'm keeping it under five feet. <laughs> Fair enough. Plus, he's got the spunk. He's got the humor. He's got the timing. Oh, He'd yeah. be perfect for that. And um, I kind of went with uh, Andy Kaufman's character of uh, Latka. Yeah, uh, I, I kept that with Jim Carrey because oh, he was a big good. he was a big fan of Andy Kaufman's. He played him, you know, in the movie and stuff like that. So I think he would be really great and a good addition to this cast. And uh, for uh, Mary Lou Henner's uh, character of Elaine O'Connor. I uh, went with someone sort of similar to her in looks and stuff with uh, Ki- uh, Christina Hendricks. A lot of people know her from Mad Men, you know, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, I know her. And she's, uh, <laughs> Curtis knows her from a lot of lonely uh, Wednesday <laughs> nights. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, a lot of the things I've seen where she does do some comedy, she's got good timing. She's funny. Oh, yeah. Of course, she's gorgeous, just like Mary Lou Hanner was, you know, built really good and everything. So I think that's a perfect one. Hold on. Did you say she's built really good? (laughs) Oh, that's a good, she's she's got a good build. (laughs) I mean, I appreciate the honesty. I don't know. I don't know that I was going to go with that round. I'm not worried about her filling her shoes as much. It's the rest of everything she's got to fill in. She fills, fills other things. So, yes, oh, uh, everybody knows. <laughs> so, um, on this one, uh, Judd Hirsch's character of Alex Rieger, or Rieger, Rieger um, he, I casted him with, I, I had a little trouble trying to decide who to go with because. Judd Hirsch, in my mind, is kind of modern Judd Hirsch, but right. I wanted someone that would fit there. So I went with uh, Seth Rogen on him because I think he could do the serious if he needed to, but he could do a lot of the funny and a lot of the smart ass kind of stuff that his character did in that series. And uh, for Tony Danza's character, I really bounced around. I was trying to think of someone you know, who might be closer to him and that thing, but I decided to go a little different with it. And I went with Bass Rutten, the UFC guy. Uh, he was in a movie with uh, Kevin uh, James where he trained him to be an MMA fighter. And he has, he's funny as hell, great timing. He can, he comes off as, okay, you know, the way Tony Danza did kind of, he was a tough guy boxer. He would definitely fit that role. So I thought he brought the comedy. He brought the legit to the, could be a fighter, you know, stuff like that. And I just got two more. I've got the Jeff Conway character who was Bobby Wheeler, the pretty boy. Mm -hmm. I think he was an actor, if I remember right. And he's always trying to get a role stuff. Uh, I thought Ashton Kutcher would be 
perfect for that character. <laughs> that same, is perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, like a, the same goofiness kind of doesn't get stuff. Pretty boy, you know, all yeah. that. So I thought that. And this one, you're probably going to laugh at me for, but. You're keeping uh, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> you're keep, we're keeping him. <laughs> But for Christopher Lloyd, um, I recasted his character of Jim. I I recasted him with Nicolas Cage. (laughs) That's awesome. He could be he could be that crazy. (laughs) The funny thing is, you wouldn't have to pay Nick Cage. He wouldn't even know he's filming a TV series. Just tell him to show up. (laughs) You just show up. We're gonna keep the cameras on. (laughs) Yeah. What? Oh, I'm I'm Jim today. Okay, I'm Jim. Everybody just prompt him. So yeah. that, that's what I would do if I was going to recast something. I, I think it'd be a fun little show. So That's awesome. That's nice. fun. Good show. All right. Curtis, let's go to you. What do you got? Uh, well, uh, mine's probably not going to be as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to recast the 1972 TV show, Kolchak, The Night Stalker. And or at least reboot it. I mean, and uh, for the character of Carl Kolchak, I have Christopher Maloney because Ooh, yeah. Carl, Col- yeah, yeah, you see that it. Is, that is good. Darren McGavin, who played uh, Kolchak originally, he was you know he was very serious as that character, but he was also very broad. And if you've seen a lot of Christopher Maloney's work other than SVU, then you know he can go pretty broad. So, <laughs> yeah. so you think <laughs> he can go yeah. downright crazy? <laughs> we all watched Happy. We know. Yeah. For the his boss, the character of Tony Vincenzo, I had a hard time for this one because Simon Oakland played him in the original one. And I spent like a good two or three hours just looking at different people. Who, what, can I go in this direction? Can I go in that direction? What can I do? I even asked Brad about it and he sent me a suggestion. Um, but I, I decided to settle on someone that I didn't write down. So I, <laughs> so I forgot who that so, was. So I'm going with no, who I, I did write down. I remember okay. it's, uh, I'm going with Alfred Molina. Okay. I think Alfred Molina can be, he can be, over not over the top. He can be serious and demanding and commanding while also being kind of like, I gotta deal with this fucking guy again. Come on, Kolchak. Monsters? Ah, what the hell? You know. Um there's another there's another character that works there at the uh at the uh news I, I don't know if I've told you guys or anybody listening, Kolchak, he's a photojournalist. Uh he, he comes in contact with the supernatural and no one believes him. So um, there's it's, another it's guy the X Files version one. It's like the pre X Files X Files. Yeah, it, it pretty much it inspired X Files straight right. up. Like Chris Carter has even said that. Um, there's a character named Ron Updike in that works there. He's kind of like naive and kind of annoying. I've I've picked actor Michael Kelly. I know no one knows who that is. He was in uh, Dawn of the Dead, Man of Steel. He was even in the the Andy Kaufman movie. Um, where he played, I think, Andy Kaufman's brother in that. But um, I've seen him just based on books with a mustache, I, and he I feel like he always gets kind of typecast as certain characters. It'd be nice to give him something different to play. And um, there's a character named Miss Emily. She's an elderly woman that works there, and uh, originally played by Ruth McDevitt. 
I am recasting her with Sally Field. So she's going to be this nice lady that kind of Kolchak just sort of throws shit onto to do for him that she doesn't know that he's uh, using her. Right. Um, there is a character that works in the coroner who was in a few episodes. His name is uh, Gordon Spangler, Gordy the Ghoul, as they called him. Originally played by John Fiedler, who was the voice of Piglet from the Pooh Bear cartoon <laughs> right since since i've got christopher maloney and maybe go with a little more uh, comedic role here i've got david wayne okay that's playing my character okay. that's good <laughs> who do you think who do you I, think i, I thought you were gonna go with Patton oswald yeah exactly <laughs> oh, <laughs> oswald. i mean i've worked too <laughs> but um yeah and it's a monster of the week every week so i've got i got some famous people here to pick play certain monster types i've got uh, oscar isaac as a vampire we'll give benicio del toro another shot as a werewolf uh, rosario da- rosario dawson could play a succubus uh, Norman, she could <laughs> curtis just wanted to say rosario dawson and succubus yeah <laughs> and uh norman reedus as a headless motorcyclist which i think he'd be good at and um, as a throwback to the original series, I have uh, Tom Skerritt playing a Satanist who turns into a dog after he kills people so he can get away easier. So there you go. That's a cold check. And I'm setting it in Hawaii. The, the, there, were, there were two movies. that One was set in Seattle, the other one in Vegas. The show right. was set in Chicago. I'm going to Hawaii this time. So For any reason little... other than to just move production they were to Hawaii? Going they were going to do a third movie, I think, at one point, and it was going to be set in Hawaii because every time Kolchak does something, he gets kicked out of town and he has to go somewhere else. So, yeah, we're going so, to like, do it Hawaii in Hawaii. is the only place left for him to go. So, yeah, Kolchak the Night Stalker. Very cool. I like it. All right. So... Yeah. Here's mine, and I've I struggled with this because there's so many good shows that you could have picked, um, and I I I, I wanted to keep it simpler because there were a lot of them, and then some of them I'm like, ooh, that's a big fucking cast, kind of like Taxi, <laughs> like you were doing. I'm like, man, I got want to, I don't want to have to recast all of these fucking parts. Uh, so here's what I'm going with. I'm going with a television series that everybody loves. In theory, <laughs> and I and I don't say that because like they don't really love it. I think everybody genuinely loves this show, but it's hard to figure out why, other than just the cast was good because the storyline wasn't fantastic. I don't know anybody that can relate to this shit, but I think the writing was good and the cast had enough chemistry that people are like, I fucking love that show, and I don't and. I've fallen into that trap at times and I'd sit back later and be like, I don't know that I even really like this show, much less fucking love this show, but it's, it's weird how things happen like that. So anyway, uh, the show I'm going to reboot is golden girls. However, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be set, you know, modern obviously because it's today. Um, but I'm going to gender flip it. So it's guys. So if you want to call it like golden guys or whatever, um, but it's, it's, you know what it's for older dudes, uh, 
just doing and that shows cracks me up because like there was one set <laughs> they had the kitchen set and then they had like the living room set and that was like that was it there was just one set and like the studio audience is just right there and it's like now we're gonna look to the right and we're in the kitchen now we're gonna look to the left we're in the living room and that's where everything fucking happened on that show so budget wise yeah. you can afford to spend some money on casting because you ain't gonna have to spend it on your fucking set anyway so here's what i've got uh in the role played by estelle getty sophia the mother um the old lady who funny enough she was not the oldest lady um the, she was not the oldest actress on set, but she played the oldest character by far, a generation older than the rest. Um, I'm going with Ed Asner because I, he's a, he's a legend. First of all, he's got the background for, for this type of work clearly uh, with Mary Tyler Moore show. I mean, he's Ed, Ed Asner, I think is the, among the last of a generation of Hollywood royalty, um, not necessarily from film, but as far as television goes, um, there's not too many of those folks left other than like Betty White, who's in that group as well, but she can't be on the fucking show. Sorry, Betty, yeah. <laughs> your ass is to the curb. So I go with Ed Asner as my, he's looking rough. <laughs> well, you know, he is 90 something years old. So anyway, he's, he is a, so I decided to play it legit and go with somebody who's like a generation older than the rest of my actors. So I'm going with Ed Asner, uh, in the Sophia role. The one I have fun with, uh, so the rest of these are pretty fun. Actually, the next two, I had a lot of fun with, uh, playing the Betty White role rose uh the uh kind of bubble-headed gal from was she minnesota saint olaf uh telling the goofy ass stories about saint olaf all the time um, if my I, wife was 20 feet closer she could tell you she knows everything about it i wanted to get somebody who's going to capture that kind of blonde bubble-headed like Minnesota, you know, even though Betty White does not have a Minnesota accent whatsoever. Um, I guess that would, didn't bother me when I was younger because I didn't know any better. But now it's like she doesn't sound like she's in Minnesota at all. Uh, Where's your dog to know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going with uh, an actor. Uh, he first uh, the first time I saw him was, again, in sitcom um, playing the assistant coach in the TV show Coach. Uh, he was uh, played Tom Cullen in the stand, the original stand for CBS. He's been the voice of Patrick Starr for fucking decades. I'm going with Bill Fagerbake as Rose because I could totally see him sitting there telling those goofy ass Saint Olaf stories. And oh yeah, Gosh, that's, 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 that's a good pick. It is a good pick. That is a good pick. Uh, so. Uh, the role of Blanche, the hornball, the, uh, <laughs> the the woman that we would all call a slut if we could do that, but she wasn't. She was everybody loved her. It's like she's a fucking whore, but everybody thinks she's great. <laughs> I wanted to get I wanted to get somebody who could just exude that that could play that I'm horned out, but also kind of that genteel that sophisticated because she you know she was kind of a southern gal or whatever um so with this one i went with uh an actor who i first saw in the thing he was the voice uh he voiced the gar one of the gargoyles the head gargoyle in the disney cartoon i forget the name of the fucking guy but i'm going with keith david for my blanche character originally played by rue mcclanahan in the golden <laughs> girls because i think he could tear that shit up i think that would be fun watching him uh trying to be a 60 something year 
year-old uh, player uh, out trying to <laughs> trying to score some tail. Um, but yeah, it's, but yeah, doing it, doing it, you know, in a way that he's like super sophisticated about it and all that shit. So yeah. I'm going with Keith David for my uh, for my Blanche. And so finally, the last of my foursome. Uh, I wanted to get you know, this is the Dorothy character, uh, Sophia's daughter. Even though B. Arthur was older than Estelle Getty, which is weird. Um, so the, you know, I wanted to go with somebody who could do. Not smarmy because that's not the right word, but sarcastic, serious. She carried more the the, the heavier load um, as far as the script goes and then the story goes. Played the more serious character, but she had that sharp as a fucking knife's edge yeah. wit to her. Um, so I wanted somebody who could do that. Um, and so for my Dorothy, uh, I'm going with veteran actor uh, again. Film, television, voiceover work. I'm going with Clancy Brown for Dorothy. So Ed right. Asner, uh, oh. Bill Fagerbeck, um, Keith David, and Clancy Brown in Golden Guys coming to you this oh. fall on Peacock, <laughs> the streaming service, because that's where we stick all of our oh. reboots of NBC uh, stuff. <laughs> so those like are it. those are our uh, those are our series that we're going to reboot. Uh, any thoughts before we uh, before we move on? Anybody have thoughts on any of those? Anything that you guys thought about rebooting but decided not to? Because yeah, you didn't want to do the fucking heavy lifting or, or or whatever. I just couldn't. I couldn't think of anything with Jag. I was like, uh, they they said all they needed to say with it. They don't need to reboot it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I knew I wanted to go with something from my childhood that um, maybe I I don't watch like all the time, but like I'll still catch episodes and it, it'll be enough to make me go. Oh, hold on. I haven't seen this in a while. And I'll watch, you know, whatever. And uh, so I was kind of trying to think of some of those. And just Taxi just hit me because I, as soon as I saw it, I already casted like three of the people. Right. Just immediately as soon as I saw it. And I was like, oh, that's that's got to be the one I do then. So right on. that's that 70s show did come to mind also. But I couldn't really think of who to cast it with because... I don't know anybody who's <laughs> under the age of like 25 as right. an actor. And if you did yeah, it now, so. it would be like that 20s, <laughs> that millennium show. Because, I mean, you know, it was in the, the 90s and it was yeah. supposed to be in the 70s. And that's all. That shit's weird to think about when you do those things. Like it was made in the 90s, but it was about the 70s. It's like, so if we made that today, it would be about the 2000s. And then that's what's just weird to think about. <laughs> Yeah, I thought and about that was interesting. Not at all. No, <laughs> uh, I thought about you know the, I picked Golden Girls because everybody loves it, but I don't know anybody who can tell you why they love it. You know what I mean? There's not like anything. It's like oh, they had fucking fantastic this, that, or the other. It just it was there, and everybody it was just it's like just a warm, it was just a warm fucking blanket of television. It's like oh, this yeah. is my comfort show, and that's where most yeah. people picked it up. I think was like in syndication years later. Um, but yeah, I thought about other shows like you know All in the Family could be fun, but then they they did the the live version of that on ABC a year or two ago. Um, so that's kind of been done, but not really, not as a series. Um, things like Cheers and Scrubs. I was like, yeah, but I love those fucking shows. I don't really want to change them. You know, that's why I thought Golden Girls would be good because there's that name recognition, but there's not that diehard like a fucking you can't recast Sam Malone. You can't recast JD and Turk. You can't, you know, they tried that shit in another season and it didn't work. So um, I thought I thought for a second about WKRP in Cincinnati. 
you know, have it set now. Yeah. So it's like the last radio station trying not to get bought out by the iHeartRadio people or whatever, yeah. just trying to make enough money at the ratings and the ad sales. But I don't know yeah. how they don't have, don't know if people would really relate to that nowadays. So I went with Golden Girls. Yeah. So. Go ahead. I have, was there, go ahead. I was, uh, for like a minute, you know, I was thinking of like one of my favorite, Mork and Mindy. I love that. Then I was like, no, you can't really do that because that'd be stepping on Robin Williams and you just, you can't do that. And there was a couple other shows where the, like uh, Three's Company came to mind. I was like, no, because that's stepping on John Ritter and that's, you can't do that either. So th- I had a few of those. Yeah. What is there anybody curse? that you, uh, is there anybody that you guys had thought about that you didn't go with? In the series that we were casting? Yeah. I did have a couple other thoughts, but I think I feel pretty solid with the, the cast I've got. For a second there, I was trying to figure out how to work in, and you probably, nobody's going to know who this guy is, but I was trying to figure out where to, if I didn't get, if I didn't get Bill Fagerbank, if I didn't get Patrick Starr as Rose, I was leaning towards, originally, before I came up with Bill's name, I uh, was leaning towards Eric Allen Kramer, who you probably don't recognize. He was the original Thor in the uh, Incredible Hulk TV movie. Uh, he was yeah. uh, in Robin Hood, Men in Tights. He played Little John, another big kind of blonde guy. He's been, he was in Lodge 49 on IFC or AMC. He's in American Wedding. Was he? I think so, yeah. He might have been. So, yeah, he was another one I'd thought about, but um, but then I was like, oh, no, I got to go. Yeah, so. But, yeah, the, the, others, the others fell into place immediately. Ed Asner and Clancy Brown were the first two to fall. And like I said, I went back and forth, and then I settled on uh, Bill for my rose. And then Keith David was, like, the one I probably thought about the most. Um, but that feels like a lock, a solid pick. I was thinking of Bob Odenkirk for Kolchak as well. That would have been good too. I like Chris Maloney better, but yeah, I actually, what was the deciding factor was I looked up both Christopher Maloney and Bob Odenkirk wearing hats. (laughs) If you ever see a picture of Bob Odenkirk wearing a hat, he looks awkward wearing a hat. It's like his, is this forehead that tall? Because the hat sits so high on him. So yeah, Christopher Maloney wore it better. So (laughs) sometimes it comes down to who wears it better, you know? Yeah. Right on. Well, this week's pop quiz, we are asking you, based on this discussion, what TV series would you reboot? And your choices are Taxi, Kolchak the Night Stalker, Golden Girls, or Other. If you vote Other, be sure to leave a comment so we know what you would reboot. And then we will go through all those comments. We'll, of course, go through the results. We'll go through the comments. We'll read some of those next week on a brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. The pop quiz, if you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching the live stream, sorry, I'm lying to you. But if you're listening to the podcast at any point, uh, the pop quiz is live right now. You can vote on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. The pop quiz is pinned right to the top of both of those pages, so you cannot miss them. Um, Like I said, we'll bring you the results next week and read your comments on another new episode of Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. Coming up. In entertainment and pop culture this next week, uh, Days of the Dead kicks off Friday and runs through Sunday in Chicago. Um, hopefully, they will not be uh, literally Days of the Dead. Nobody. Hopefully, they're uh, masking and social distancing. Uh, somebody was. I can't. I think it was Days of the Dead did one in Atlanta recently, and it went well. So that's good. You don't. You don't. You don't want your horror convention to turn into a horror show. 
um, <laughs> either at the convention or in the days to follow. Uh, over on the Pop Goes the Culture cast channel, for those of you who haven't been following along, don't know what cast is, uh, it's where we do our watch parties. We're going to have some watch parties this weekend. Uh, we have got WrestleMania 37 coming up this Saturday and Sunday. Yes, you can watch it at home on Peacock, or you can join our cast channel and watch it with us. Um, the advantage of doing that is you can sit there and type and text along with us and chat with the rest of the group that's watching it. Um, it sure yeah. makes it a lot more fun to sit through some of these events because some of them have been stinkers, but the uh, watch party, the chatting that's going on uh, certainly elevates some pretty lackluster uh, events that we've had in the past. Yeah. When um, we would do those, I would watch uh, on the WWE network. I would have it up on the TV just so I could watch it on that, but I would have it on the phone with the cast so I could type along and <laughs> right. comment and laugh and add stuff too. So that's definitely an, an option that if you do it and you get, and don't just sit there and just read them, you get in there, make those comments and stuff, have a blast with it. Yeah. You can, you can pull it up. That's what I will be doing. I'll be watching it on Peacock and then I will have the cast app on my phone and I, and yes, it'll be playing there, but I won't be watching it on my phone. I'll be just chatting along with everybody else because it's a lot of fun. We're starting to, to build quite the group there that that's checking out our watch parties. It's, it's a good time. Cast is free. Um, you can make a free account. Uh, what you do is we're going to post a link on our website and on our social media channels on Saturday and Sunday. Um, if you click the link, it'll ask you to sign up for cast. Again, you can create a free account. You put in uh, you know, your email address and a password. Um, and then you click on the link to go to our channel and then it'll ask you, it'll say, you know, do you want to request to be a part of this channel? You'll say, you know, you'll click yes, whatever, approve, request, whatever the, the terminology is, you'll request to join the channel and then we'll go in uh, on the day of the show. So Saturday and then again on Sunday, we'll go in. Uh, I get a message, a notification that says here, these people have requested to join your channel. I'll go in and hit approve on all of those. So there's no, you don't have to like, you know, answer any questions. There's no quiz you got to get through to get past it or anything. Although I guess I could, I could say, Hey, have you uh, voted in this week's pop quiz yet? Um, but I won't <laughs> because that's not a, that's not a criteria. Um, but yeah, then, <laughs> then you, then on the day of the show, you know, at, at when it's time to watch WrestleMania, then you can pull it up on your TV or watch it on your computer or on your mobile device. Um, and yeah, do it in the cast app. You just click on that link again and it'll take you directly to the room and you'll see the video. You'll hear the audio. You'll get a type and chat along with us. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I have a good time on those, which is why we continue to do them month after month. Also, yep. Sunday night over on AMC, Fear the Walking Dead returns for its next yep. season. Are you still watching that, Kenny? Oh, yeah. Are you? Yeah, the last, the last season was really good. Like all the actors and actresses and everything were doing such good work on there, good writing. And it looks like this season is going to carry over the story of what they were telling and it, it looks really good I'm, and the walking dead even holy crap last week's episode oh that was the was negan episode amazing. yeah oh my gosh it was it of all the 10 seasons it it by far was one of my favorite episodes so it, if nothing else find somebody and get at least watch that one if you haven't watched it a long time <laughs> yeah. it's an amazing amazing episode so that's on Sunday night, Fear the Walking Dead over on AMC. 
<laughs> so next Tuesday on home video, Curtis, Willie's Wonderland is releasing on DVD and Blu-ray. This is the Nick Cage in the uh, haunted uh, showbiz Chuck E. Cheese Five Nights at Freddy's. Goes crazy beating on some shit. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. I'll definitely watch it. Th- that is right up your alley. So I know I'm, I'm just waiting for Shudder to get the streaming rights is kind of what I'm waiting on. Otherwise, I'd have already watched it if it was already right. available. Um, but yeah, if, if you check that out, you're going to have to give us a report. Let us know what you thought. Uh, and of course, new comics on Tuesday from DC. Everybody else delivers their new comics on Wednesday. Next Thursday's tax day. Hope you get your taxes did. Uh, we have new uh, a new season of Infinity Train, the animated series over on HBO Max. The Banishing on Shudder, new movie, part of their month-long halfway to Halloween programming. Next Thursday is the 109th anniversary of the Titanic sinking on tax day. That's an odd omen. Um, and of course, <laughs> we will be recording next week's new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. You can join us live for the recording on the Pop Goes the Culture Facebook page, Twitch channel, YouTube channel. Uh, links to all of those at popgoestheculture.com. You can watch, you can listen, interact with us as we're recording. We just might read your comments on the air. And of course, next Friday, look for that episode, the brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast in the podcast player of your choice. That's all I've got for the scripted part of this show. Anybody got anything else to talk about before we get out of here? Oh. Awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, I could take that oh. as a no. A lot of silence. <laughs> not, not, not much. Just, uh, yeah. April feels uh, kind of like a... Day. April feels like the month of waiting. Like, you know, there's some shit coming down the pike, but it's not here yet, especially early in the yeah. month. It's been kind of like, eh. Um, but we got some stuff to look forward to as the month goes on. I know uh, locally we've got movie theaters that are about to open back up. That's going to provide some opportunities to do some fun stuff. Um, waiting on Mortal Kombat to drop over on HBO Max and, and in theaters. Um, yeah, it's just kind of, it feels like we're just kind of waiting it out, which April is always kind of like that, I guess, in a way, but it, it still just feels weird. I feel like, I feel like we've been waiting for <laughs> 13 months already. So, I guess what's a few more weeks of waiting before we get some cool shit. Heck yeah. We can do it. We can. We'll get there. We'll get We've there. been doing it. Yeah, we have <laughs> just, just getting back together in person to do these is going to be a lot of fun. I think that is, that's going to oh, be a, yeah. a big change. I think it's going to help a lot of things. All right. Well, it, yeah, go ahead. Oh no. Just getting to see everybody. And you know, what? of course it's always nice to, you know, have family and, you know what little friends you get to see, but like we haven't got to all just be together. So that, that'd be awesome. I was trying to think was the last episode we did. Was that the one over at Krispy Kreme? Kenny? I don't think Curtis, you were either. You weren't there for that one. Were you Curtis? No, no. Yeah, you I did. You're at Krispy Kreme. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. remember. I, so, I think I came in second place or first. I don't know. I, I ate quite a bit. I, yeah. I, now I remember you being there because that was the first yeah. time you were together with Dusty and Jessica since you ran into their vehicle at the Alamo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so now I remember. Yeah. Had nothing to do with the podcast. I just remember the uh, that was the first time you were back because they were giving you a shit about that. <laughs> oh, I remember yeah. thinking, okay, you guys are going to do awesome because we we messed up and got those big, you know, right. dense cake, ones from the cake store. Donuts. So, yeah. yeah, it's like, okay, now you guys are going to put them away. Now it really wasn't that much for it. <laughs> no. I don't remember how many I ate, but I ate quite a bit. I want to say right was- around the. Four or five, six, yeah. like four to right six. Right around the 
right around two and a half, I started to feel it. I'm like, oh man. But I'm like, keep going. <laughs> Taking your insulin shot and powering through. <laughs> right. Oh shit. We're gonna have to do some fun stuff like that. When we all get back together in the same room, there will be some shenanigans and fun stuff like that again, I promise. In fact, we're gonna sit down we're gonna sit down at some point and start kind of thinking up some ideas, I think. Uh, once we all get our last shots and get past our two week, you know, building the efficacy of our immune system and all that shit. then, uh, yeah, get, get into May. We'll have to spend some time back in the room together talking about some fun shit we want to do, uh, as we go into the summer and into the next fall. Well, be sure to check out our online store over at popgoestheculture.com. Pick up your Pop Goes the Culture podcast gear. Uh, and if you've enjoyed this episode, again, leave us a review, if you would, in your preferred podcast player. That doesn't cost you a thing, and it really is one of the best ways you can show your support for the show. Anybody got anything else? If not, we're going to wrap this one up. I think that's good. All right. Well, I want to thank... Thank Curtis. Thank Kenny. Thanks for the folks watching on the live stream and interacting with us. Thank you for listening whenever and wherever you're catching the podcast. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here again. My name is Joey Mills with the pop goes the culture podcast network. Have a great weekend. We will catch you right back here next week for another brand new episode of the pop goes the culture podcast. Be safe, be healthy, be happy. We will see you later. Later. Peace. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture podcast network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.